Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, sponsored as always by Workforce Dimensions Limited. I'm John Phipps and uh, on the line now is a man, and I, I genuinely mean this, Matt, are you okay? Because you've not been very well, have you? No, no, I had a bit of um, uh, a 24-hour bug um, Monday evening till yesterday, I took a day off work, which I think was probably the first time I've had a day off work in about five years. So I came into the office and thought, oh, I've got to go home. So, um, which I did, but I'm now back. I was working, I can work from home anyway, so well, I did a bit of work in the afternoon, but now I'm fully back in the office. And uh, all we talked about in the office today is the coronavirus, John. Are you worried? Well, well, yes and no, really. I mean, I'm not overly worried because, you know, I think that the stats that you've, re- that you've read are that um, it's, it's no worse than flu that for uh, actual fatalities and stuff. But... It really is spreading, and as someone who owns a hotel slash bed and breakfast, it's quite concerning that you know it, it could have a, a big effect on business. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a worry. What well, my, my pension to be hit? <laughs> That's what I, you know, looking at that, I look at the stats and see uh, that you think, well, yeah, the stock market's taking a bit of a hitting from this. So, but are they are they not telling us more than we should know? Are they keeping it under wraps a little bit? You know. On this sort of thing, because why would you? You know, it's just bizarre. Like two people I read on the on the BBC, so I'm a bit more reliable. There's two people in this hotel in Italy. The doctor and his wife had it, so they had to quarantine a thousand people. You wouldn't do that if I had a sniffle, would you? No, and and so I'm a little bit concerned they're not letting us know. Well, in, indeed, it's. It, I think, but I think the thing is, is as we proved with the first people who came over here. If you can just keep yourself to yourself for a couple of weeks, it seems to go away. I mean, there was that bloke who was, I was really surprised they named him and he was in the papers and everything. And, and he's absolutely fine. He was the one who apparently brought it to the country. He just locked himself away for a fortnight and he's fine now. So I think there is a little bit of panic setting in. I mean, and we see in Italy. Do you, do you think people will be that? Because you know, my kids at school, if somebody gets it, little Johnny, that means my kids will have to go into quarantine. It means I have to go into quarantine. Which, it's going to be a snowball effect because everybody in the office would then technically do it. Yeah, that is true. That, is... Once they, that, 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 that I think that's the more of the yeah. At some point, somebody in Kent somebody's going to get this, isn't there? Well, the thing is, is in all seriousness, you and I both go to football matches, and I, I was yeah. at a football match last night, but there was thirty-seven thousand people. You know, what if one of them had it? I, I don't understand the the whole process of it all and and how it, it would spread like that, but. I don't know, I, I guess it's one of those things where, one, if you die from it, there's not a lot you can do about it, which is kind of my attitude to a lot of things anyway, yeah. but, um, you know, if if maybe we are all destined to get it, but I don't think it's going to be that serious d- d- down the line. I don't think it's going to wipe out, like, it's not going to be like the Black Plague, I don't think. And uh, it's just, it's just what I usually do. What's one of the most important things come out of this stat? Chelsea only get 37,000 for a Champions League game. They are a terrible club, aren't they? Uh, it was actually a sellout, um, but they were only able to. Would well, they sell out sixty thousand, Chelsea? I don't reckon they would. Uh, well, the the, re- the problem was last night was, um, and this is very boring, um, but because it's a last sixteen of the Champions League, um, they need to have more cameras in places, so a lot more seats were used up that wouldn't that wouldn't have been used up in the earlier rounds. Uh, yeah, I still, I still, yeah, West Ham with money, Chelsea. I always say that. 
Um, I was worried, incidentally, going back to what you were saying about when you were ill on Monday, and and I, and I knew you had to go home from work yesterday. I was really concerned. It was like one of those um, things when you're at school. If you have the day off school, you can't go out and play for the evening. So I was worried that if you were still off work, come one o'clock today, I'd have had to sit here and just talk to myself. No, no, it was one of these. I've got a couple of meetings at work today, so I had to come in anyway. But I'm feeling a lot better now. So I just don't know. Well, I presume it was a little bit of food poisoning. That's what I'm thinking. So if you if you are regular listeners, you know where John and I go on a Monday evening. And uh, you might want to avoid it for a bit or avoid what I had. Have you sent them an email yet? I have, yeah. Oh, what have they sent back? I've never replied back. Oh, of course I haven't. They haven't replied back yet. Oh dear. Well, hopefully you. I had to put in the cost of the. I had to, I had to put the cost of the meal in, which disappointingly this week was very low. <laughs> it was only like eight quid something. Like that. Yeah, exactly. So we might get an eight pound voucher. Woo! So we might get a free meal on it. I hope you told them that you well, ordered. You tried to order three back. other things before you ordered what you had. <laughs> I did put that in. Yes, in the in the email. Damn so. right. But anyway, other people might have had it as well there. So um, yeah, but hopefully it's all a little bit better now. But yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest uh, evening I've spent driving home. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> I had a bit of a mini, mini paddy in there on uh, on Monday night when because uh, it was my turn to pay, and uh, I went up to the bar to order you one thing. They didn't have it. Then I went and said, "Well, what's your next choice?" And I went up, and they didn't have that either. And I just, I just completely um, lost my. I, I didn't. Well, didn't lose my uh, lose my rag, but I was just I came back down to you and just went, "You go and sort it out because I can't be bothered. I know what I want, and they've got what I want. Just go and order yourself something." So, um, yeah, I, I did think that at the time when I went and did it. So, yeah, so, but, but yeah, but it wasn't, I, I think we'll give it, unless we're getting free food, well, we'll give it a miss next Monday. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Else. It's nice for us to organise our social lives while we're uh, talking on the radio as well. Yeah, but, yeah well, well, I haven't got much more of a social life, that probably, <laughs> even though I've got a pancake party again. We went to the pancake party last year at the church, pancake party this weekend as well. Well, that leads on Which, to um, my... A lot of kids started cheating, so there you go. Cheating? Cheating at the pancake party, it was rolling and kids started cheating, which I didn't sort of, it was good fun, so I'll, I'll, I'll um, keep you abreast of the commentary next week at the pancake party. Um, it leads me to my next subject, obviously today is Ash Wednesday, uh, also known as the start of Lent, so Matt Gerard, last year you gave up, uh, what you, yeah, so what I'm, you, I'm not giving out this year, I probably, even though I'm not a big drinker, I, I probably won't drink until, from, from that point of view, because... Bread was, I could give up normal bread, but I couldn't give up pizza. So I probably could give up sandwiches, even though I just asked somebody to go and get me a sandwich. Well, you've blown uh, it already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'd probably be booze. I probably won't drink from it. But I'm not a big drinker anyway, so it doesn't um, affect that, me that much. So uh, every couple of years I try and do this, but, but I, I, I like pizza too much, so it's, it's difficult on that. So I try and give up something, not swearing or something like that, see if I can do that. Well, you, you, well. you managed to do it on this podcast most weeks, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Apart from that, did you? I suppose you didn't have pancakes. Did Chelsea? Did your favourite team have pancakes last night? And uh, no, I had a curry, Isn't so uh, no pancakes. Did you have pancakes? Did well, Chelsea no. have them? That's what I'm talking about. Have Chelsea Chelsea's didn't... restaurant? No, they didn't have them. Even no, no reason to hate them. <laughs> no, but you know, I think that was probably um, when there's as many media as there were there last night, which was in excess of 250, I'm told. Um, you know, you, you can't have pancakes on the go for everyone, can you? No, sure. Any ex-legends there, pros, did you see? Uh, Mark Schwarzer was not far away from me. Uh, Clive Walker. Uh, well, any any uh, Bayern legends? 
I didn't um, clap eyes on any of them. No, I didn't see any Bayern legends knocking about the place. I was expecting, I mean, I, I, and I'm sure he was there. I, was, I mean, Michael Ballack was surely nailed on to walk past at some point, but um, he was there. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see him. Really. I just kind of uh, had my had my curry and then went up to my uh, very high and very cold vantage point. So, yeah, I'm having a rough yeah. week this week because I'm I'm home alone this week. And, uh, but for some re- stupid reason, I'm working every single night. I'm really not feeling the advantage of this. But you, know, you will be eating out these various things. But every Monday to Friday, you will be eating some, you know, food from us. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, I mean, I'm not worried about starving. And to be fair, I've, I've, I could probably afford a few days off the food. But it's just like, you know, I want to be here on a night on my own. And, you know, if I want to sit in my pants and play Xbox, I want to sit and play Xbox in my pants. But I'm, I've just not got time. You don't understand yeah. the pressures. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah no. So, well, make sure you do the washing and clean, put the toilet seat down before you come back, though. Yeah, I told her I'd do some ironing, which is a massive millstone. Oh, you... Oh, it's a terrible job. Awful. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I don't know what I don't know what went through my mind when I said, "Yeah, I'll do the ironing while you're away." Absolute imbecile. Anyway, uh, it is our 112th episode uh, this week, and uh, I have discovered well, there's something I didn't know about the number 112, which is the emergency telephone number uh, for uh, the continent Europe. However, if you dial 112 well, in the UK, France, I'd dial 112, right? Yeah, it. But if you're in the UK and you dial one one two, do you know what happens? That was my impression. Not connecting. Puts you through to nine nine nine. It's a universal okay, emergency services number. Emergencies well, only. We're the only people who have nine nine nine, aren't we? One, I need to look into nine nine nine. One gets to show nine nine. Well, <laughs> we could do. Well, we could. It'd be a long time. How many years? Twenty seven years. Twenty seven yeah, years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we might not be there yet. Yeah, I think we might. Yeah. The coronavirus would have wiped out the scaffold by then, so it might not be so. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's also a band called One One Two, who are American, and they had a, a song that got to number four in the uh, Billboard 100. I thought, oh, I wonder why they never made it in the UK. Well, I listened to the song, uh, so you don't have to. The song's called Peaches and Cream, and uh, I can. Uh, uh, my review would be, uh, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> Why it didn't get there, but yeah, that, that... millions of people peaches and because that's song. No, no, that's not it. No, that's that, that you're thinking that, of peaches. Is, I used to love that song. Peaches by the uh, um, uh, President of the United States of America. Yes, yeah. peaches for me. That was a tune. That was. Yeah, no, the lyrics to this one um, by one one two peaches and cream. I need it because you know that I'm a fiend. Getting freaky in my Bentley limousine. It's even better when it's with ice cream know what i mean uh so uh you can probably understand perhaps why that song never quite made it uh, on this side of the pond. But they've been going since 1993 that band so if they've been doing a podcast every week for the football season since then they would be on about you, episode 999 who, who sang beaches and president of the united states of america i just said that oh i said that i missed it. yeah that was i love that song yeah great song oh yeah president yeah so uh, nothing else one one two one one two no. Nope. some sort of teletext number back in the day. Oh, of course. Everything was a teletext number. When we get to 140, oh my goodness. Yeah, and then, well, th- that. 302, 312, oh, it's going to be amazing. Long way to go yet, though. We've discussed 
Terry Sex being saved, didn't you? you yeah. see that red button? I did see that's been saved, yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, victory. Did you speak of me? Because I love the red button. Yeah, victory for the common man. Um, yeah, exactly. Right, let's stop messing about things. We're 12 minutes into the show, although I've probably edited some out by now. Um, and we've got loads to talk about this week. So we're going to start uh, in the National League. I ran a poll on uh, on Twitter uh, from the Kent Only Podcast Twitter account. It started on Saturday, ended uh, just before we closed uh, tonight's podcast. And the question was, how long shall we allow Matthew Gerrard to talk about the hat-trick on this week's show? And uh, 43.3% of the people who voted said, let's pretend it didn't happen. So, Matt, tell me about Dover's 2-1 win over ABC Fard on Saturday. Big win as well. Um, came back from the uh, brink, 1-0 down early doors. And a couple of goals from players, uh, Bobby Joe Taylor and also uh, Dominic Polian with his first goal for the club, very interesting. But the most important thing, the other three goals were scored by the man, the legend, in EFEON. A hat-trick, 16 goals for the season, halfway there to get into 33, that I'd said he'd get three or 33. But he got three in a game, John. Got to talk about him. Delighted for the big man. I thought he didn't have a particularly good game, but one penalty scored, one penalty missed and then he followed it up even though I don't think he did follow it up Yusuf did and a decent finish for the third goal that's the most important thing because the third goal he scored he's missed about 45 of them this season and this time he put the ball in the back of the net so a good result for the Whites against the Fylde side who looked pretty dreadful and two massive games coming up now but optimism back in sixth place in the National League fingers crossed the Whites are going in the right direction yeah, it was interesting. I did hear the interview with uh, Inief Young after the game on BBC Radio Kent, and he spoke really well. And he did say later, he did say in the interview, "I've been working on the one-on-ones. I know I missed too many chances, and I'm working on trying to, to make them make them stick." So hopefully, that's a turning point for him Saturday. He's a striker who scores in batches anyway, so I think it is. I said to you before, he's probably the first name on the team sheet because if he's not there, Dover would really miss him, but. He took his third goal really well. He's a battering ram. And now they've got... So that, you look at it, it's five in four. Five goals in four games. He's, he's scored two against Stockport, three against Fylde. So, yeah, delighted for him. Um, and I think Dover are going in the right direction. The key part, I think, since Christmas, and to turn it around a little bit, is Michael Woods being brilliant, excellent midfielder. He, he's had his pedigree with him for five million for Chelsea when he's a youth player. And Jack Munns have really dominated the midfield. And that's what they've been pretty anonymous up to Christmas but um, they've come good at this stage and going in the right direction but delight for Effie Young um, there was a picture on social media of me holding the ball because when he did the interview I held his ball hold his ball for that, for that. you did what sorry somebody, <laughs> somebody said that did I sign it and of course I wouldn't sign it because why does he want a signature of mine when he's got all the rest of the 22 players on the pitch so um, yeah absolutely but I'm pleased for him and let's hope this is a kick start that he can get 25 goals for the season and when he gets those one-on-ones, he puts them away. Yeah. Um, this weekend, Dover Athletic are on the road, Matt. Is that right? Sorry, I'm always away, yes. So, they were sort of just put out of the promotion race. They've sacked Tim Flowers. brought in Jimmy Sharp, who is one of these sort of newfangled coaches who's coached from the under-eights all the way to the first team. Um, think about Solihull. They, they were one of the sides I tipped to do well, a bit like Fylde. Big and strong, physical. Is it long? Uh, physical outfit. Now Jimmy Sharp apparently comes in and wants to play total football to get out of the National League. So maybe a good time for David to play them from that point of view. Because if you can turn Danny Wright to their main 
lump up top into the idle mess league, Jimmy Charles will be the England manager, let alone the Solihull manager. But yeah, Yeovil and well, Solihull then followed by Yeovil. Teams around them in the player positions will know a little bit more where Dover is. But they'll go to Solihull full of confidence because Solihull aren't in great form. Yeah, beaten two 0 at Dagenham on Saturday, so that is a uh, an interesting one for them. We'll move on and talk about Ebbsfleet United. Uh, we said that it was a massive game for them up at Chesterfield on Saturday. Uh, Kevin Watson's words: they capitulated uh, to a four 0 defeat, conceding four goals in the last twenty minutes or so. And then he did say after that game that this team doesn't lose two in a row. They went to Maidenhead on Tuesday night, a three one win uh, for Fleet over Maidenhead. And interestingly, what is interesting is Joshua Mura and Gozi Ogwu uh, got the goals two for Ogwu. After being dropped on Saturday, because he said I've left those players out because they're not our forwards aren't scoring goals. Is that a good bit of management from uh, from Kevin Watson? Well, clearly it was because it worked for them. That we keep writing them off, don't you? On this, when they lost, we look at it now. They've won two out of the last three, only one defeat. I think it is in five or six in the league. They had to go to Maidenhead to get result, and they clearly have, which has brought Maidenhead back into the. The hole on that. Everything, every time I see it, when they lose a game, you think, oh, they've had it. But they, as he said, as you said there, they haven't lost two in a spin. Got some big games coming up against sides around them in the playoffs now. The next four, they've got Stockport at home on Saturday. Stockport, in the words for it, because they've got a bit of investment. That's the home. Then they've got Hartlepool, Halifax away, then Bromley at home. You'll know a lot more in the next four games because they've beaten the sides around them in the league which is a good thing to do, but now with the position they're in, they've got to win other matches. Beat Stockport, confidence is going to be up, but still a big ask, but fair play to Kevin Watson, because after they lost to Chesterfield, I feared for them going to Maidenhead, but Maidenhead themselves are a bit of a terrible run. But a very, very important three points for Ebsleet, and they've got to build on that now. So Kevin Watson, when you speak to him, he's confident they can get out of it. I'm still don't think they will, but at least he's given a fine chance. Yeah, interestingly as well, uh, great spirit from Ever Street last night because in the goal that they conceded uh, to go 1-0 down in that game at Maidenhead, David Gregory was injured. Uh, he was apparently fouled in the build-up and after lengthy treatment, he had to be stretched off uh, and replaced by, by the lad Holmes. Uh, so to lose their goalkeeper and lose a goal that they felt was 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 not a, a that should have been dis- disallowed and then to hit back and be three up inside half an hour is, is, is fantastic. Yeah, I, I quite like Jordan Holmes. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I know he went away to Australia for some Olympic qualification thing. And I was surprised they brought in David Gregory. Even though he's a great, decent goalkeeper as well. He was sort of at Bromley's number one for the last two years. Went to Bournemouth, didn't really work out for him there. But Jordan, Jordan Holmes is a decent goalkeeper. So interesting to see what they do. Now. I think uh, injured for a few weeks, David Gregory. But Holmes will come in and see what they can do. But... They've got to carry on now. They've got to follow that up. He might, I can't think of them winning. You know, he mentions that they don't lose two games on the spin. Can't really remember them winning two games on the spin now. But you've got to make that chance. And against the Stockport side, who are a bit hit and miss, but have spent a little bit of money, so they think they can still get in the playoffs as well. So big weekend again for FC, but fantastic result yesterday because I thought they'd had it if they'd lost the magnet. Yeah, I would think Stockport would think they can still get in the playoffs, given that they're level on points with seventh place, Notts County. Um, that's the sort of insight that you can only get. Uh, from Matt Joe. Another team uh, level on points with Notts County in ninth place in the table is Bromley. Uh, now, Bromley haven't won since New Year's Day when they beat Dover Athletic by three goals to nil. Uh, and 
we're a bit concerned about them. So we thought it'd be a good chance to catch up with someone from Bromley. So yesterday morning, Matt spoke to Luke Coulson. I saw you on New Year's Day, basically dismantled over in the second half and you had 50 points on the board, well in those playoff positions. But since then, um, only one point out of a possible 21. What Can you put your finger on what's gone wrong? Um, not well. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> um, we've obviously come up against some good opposition, first and foremost. Um, even Wrexham, whose position in the table wouldn't suggest how good they are. Um, obviously, they've, they've had a, a, a you know a season that, that's seen them struggle. Uh, but, you know, they came down to us at the weekend and I thought they were excellent in, in, the, in their game plan and how they went about stopping us as a team. Um, and obviously, in that time as well, we played Stockport are outside the playoffs, Solly Hull are outside the playoffs, and Notts County and Barrow. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've obviously played some tough, tough teams. Um, we've had one or two things go against us. Um, and we've been unlucky in one or two games, but... That's down to us now to, to turn it around. This league is relentless. You mentioned the sides you play there. You, you've been in it long enough to know. It's a tough old division. And if you do get on a bit of a run, sometimes it's difficult to get out of, isn't it? With the sides you're coming up against. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, obviously, when I was with Edgley, we won, I think it was eight out of the last ten games and we made it into the playoffs. So there's still loads to play for. Um, and I won't be surprised if there is a team um, that is sat outside the playoffs. Um, that nobody's really looking at that goes on a great run of form and, and sneaks in at the end um, and, and likewise I won't be surprised if one or two teams in the, in the playoffs currently you know, do drop out um, that is the harsh reality of the league and like you said how tough it is um, and I do feel like uh, the, the, the teams in this league have just got stronger and stronger you know there's about 13 teams now that you're looking at going could they um, where it wasn't like that at the start of the year um, so yeah, we just got a you know we got a big big game Saturday, uh, a big two games coming up actually. Obviously, we want to get some want to get some points on the board and start turning the, the run of form around. We always say that people say that confidence is a big thing in football. I, uh, on this sort of run, I suppose it's the group and the management to, to bring everybody together, isn't it? Cause you know, at the start of the season, you know, you went on a 13, 14 game unbeaten run. It's just getting back to that mentality, is it? Yeah, definitely. I think. I don't think the confidence has dropped in the boys. Like, obviously, we know how good, you know, we are as a group. Um, and we're, like I've always said, this this group of boys, um, we are very much together. Uh, we are very uh, close-knit as a team. Um, but again, it's just when things are going against you, everything seems to go against you. Um, but like I said, once we get that first win back on the board, um, you know, everything changes. And, uh, and you start looking... Looking forward to the fixtures coming yeah. up. Sutton on Saturday, but it's a bit of a local rivalry going back down the years from it. Is that a good game to have? Somebody closer, there's a bit of rivalry, a bit of niggle between the supporters as well. Is that a good game to have, and again, at home as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're looking forward to it and we're just concentrating on ourselves. Um, Sutton obviously didn't start great, but again, they're another team that have picked up form and they got another great result on Saturday um, with, a, with a point against the league leaders. So they're going to be full of confidence. Um, and like you said, you know, it does go back. Uh, we beat them in the reverse fixture, so they're going to be out for revenge. Um, but, you know, uh, a team that, that's coming to you with a challenge is sometimes better than a team that's down in the relegation that are absolutely scrapping for their lives. Well, what about yourself personally this season? How do you think you've gone? You've lost sort of Rico Hackett-Fairchild and you worked well together as a, as a side. You're pleased how the season's gone for you personally? Well, ask me at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, I'm, it's, it's all team-based for me. 
Um, I, I've, I've, you know, struck up a good relationship with Cheek. We were together at Ebbsfleet, so I've set him up six or seven times, and I've got myself to fourteen assists for the year. So I'm, I'm delighted with that, but not enough goals personally. So, you know, assists would be great. Needed more goals, um, but as a, you know, as a collective, we're, we're just outside the playoffs, and you know, if you, if you ask me to sacrifice every goal and assist that I've had for us to be in the playoffs, then I'd do it. So. As long as we're in the playoffs at the end of the year, then, you know, whether I go on and score another 10 goals or I don't score another goal this season, that's, that's all that matters to me. You've got a number of players that you've um, played with before at Ebbsleet, so I suppose that squad knows how to get into a playoff. Can that help you in this run into the season, very experienced at this level? Oh, definitely. I think that's, that's one thing you rely on most. You know, we've got players that have been up in the leagues before as well, uh, such as Billy Bingham and Josh Reese and Sam Wood. You know, players that were with us in the Ebbsfleet charge, as you said, Chris Bush, Dave Winfield, so uh, Corey Whiteley. Um, you know, we've got an excellent group of boys with with a, an abundance of experience that you know we're going to need to use uh, and uh, and look to uh, for this for the final running. Okay, okay, you look at it now that you mentioned there are thirteen or so sides in it. It's just if you can get two wins on the bounce, you back up there. It's so tight at the top this year, isn't it? No, definitely, and and like I said, you know, everyone seems to have. I think everyone wrote us off at the start of the year, and then we went on a fourteen-game run, and everyone was a bit kind of like, oh, they're they're just going for a good patch, you know, they'll they'll drop, and now all of a sudden, you know, we've had a bit of a slump in form, and everyone's going, yeah, we knew that had happened, and everyone seems to have written us off again. So that's good for us, you know. We're happy to go under the radar again. We've got some big fixtures coming up after, especially with Harrogate, and then, you know, we've got a lot of teams in the lower. Lower half of the, of, of the league, um, you know, when it's a, that's a good opportunity for us to go and put points on the board. Uh, however, like I said, you know, they're going to be scrapping for their lives, which can make it more difficult. So, you know, it, it's going to be all on us. Um, you know, we can we can definitely go and put three or four wins together and, and be right in and amongst it again. Fourteen assists he's got, Matt. But I, I love the fact he said I'll trade everything in for a place in the playoffs. What a man! Yeah. I just can't put my finger on it where it's gone wrong for, for Bromley. they beaten quite easily by Wrexham at the weekend. Um, they've lost Rico Hackett Fairchild, but they've replaced him with Whiteley, so you can see that much for there. It's just maybe a lack of form. We've mentioned that Michael Cheek hasn't been scoring too much. Somehow they've got to scrap a win from somewhere. Maybe in that interview. Sutton United this weekend, one of the local rivals. I think they were big rivals when they were in the lower leagues in the Ryman League and the Conference. Maybe that's the one that probably need to, to kickstart their season, but I'm still a little bit concerned where it's gone a little bit wrong uh, from that point of view. Because when I saw them beat Dover 3 0 on New Year's Day, they were a bit fortunate in the first half, but second half, absolutely steamrolled Dover. You felt, yep, yeah, they're going to be nailed on for the playoffs, but it's gone so badly wrong from that. Can you see where it's gone wrong, John? Because, you know, probably a resilient, strong, good spine down the side, centre of the team, but. I suppose they're having a bit of a blip, but it's the wrong time to have a bit of a blip. Well, you say that, I don't necessarily think it is the wrong time to have the blip. You'd be, it, I'm sure if you said to Neil Smith, right, you've got to have a run where you only win one in eight, or you you lose eight, or you go eight without a win. If you said to him, would you rather have it January, February, or March, April? I think you'd rather have it January, February. So, uh, and then be going into form and, and picking up. And, and I don't think it's it's over by any stretch of imagination. But what what I will say is, obviously, yeah. You, you say they steamrolled Dover in that second half, but the first half, Dover were well on top and Dover had beaten them, um, you know, a couple of weeks earlier. And, and I suppose, or even a week earlier. 
And I suppose that kind of shows the, the, the way that things have turned around in, in both those camps, because that win on Boxing Day was a bit of a catalyst for Dover. And I, I suppose in a, in a way, the defeat for Bromley on Boxing Day has kind of been a catalyst for them as well. And it, I, I think it's just down to form. And, and sometimes things do change and, and, and it's difficult because, you know, a, a lot of those players have obviously played a lot of games. And I think the fact Cheek... Uh, hasn't been scoring as much does make a big difference and and you kind of wonder if he's not stick, sticking the goals in where are they coming from and, and Luke Coulson himself has said there I've got a lot of assists but I haven't scored enough goals so but they need to not be so reliant on one striker I'd say yeah Hackett Bairdshold just scored early goals in the season but he got injured yeah you, you need your likes of Reese's uh, you Josh Reese in the midfield the Billy Bigham's to ping the goals in as well and yeah yeah, looking at their fixture list as well. You know, I've started doing my spreadsheet, John, so you'll, yes. I'll release that to you next week. But Bromley against Sutton coming up, they, they've got to go to Harrogate. But then after that, you look at it, they're at home to Chorley, away at Ebsley, two sides of the bottom of the table. They've got a lot of sides, Bromley, who, who have not, after the next couple of weeks, after they play Harrogate, who haven't really got much on the rest of the season, middle of the table sides as well, and sides you expect them to beat. So, again, interesting times for that, but... I think they need to beat Sutton at the weekend. I think really just to boost the confidence up going to that big game against Paragon. Maybe we'll look at it. Maybe, maybe it's been... You look at the weather as well. They're used to the 3G surface. You think going to playing matches on grass where it's a bit a little bit soggy. Maybe their football doesn't really work out that too much. But we'll have to see how it is. But Luke Coulson's a confident young man and he think he's confident they can get out of it. But massive game again. We're at the business end of the season, they've got to beat Sutton on Saturday just to lift the confidence and maybe the gloom and doom around the place a little bit. Yeah, and it's so tight there. As, as you say, this I think it's four teams on 51 points. Dover, two ahead on 53. So this battle is going to go down to the wire and it's all about character. And I think from speaking to Luke Coulson there, you can't doubt the character in that Bromley squad. So fingers crossed they can turn things around. Into the National League South then. Uh, on Saturday, another home defeat for Manchester United in a crucial one as well against playoff rivals uh, Hampton, Richmond, Borough. Uh, Dartford kept up their push for the playoffs with a 2 and whenever Eastbourne Borough. Welling also won again uh, 1-0 over Chippenham Town. Uh, Tunbridge Angels had a brilliant result. 3-0 away at Oxford City. Uh, two goals for their new signing from uh, from Wimbledon, uh, Tom Wood as well. Um, but that is a, a fantastic result for Angels, whose game against Hampton Richmond on Tuesday was called off after a, an early pitch inspection uh, down at down at Longmead. But uh, that that result is is showing that Steve McKim is is on the right path. Well, and to bring somebody like Tom Wood as well, I think he's had spells at other clubs. Clearly, he's trusted. Steve McKim to use these players. Two goals in his debut against Oxford. It's a fantastic result. And they can build on that again because they haven't played any games. They haven't really moved up too far in the league because other teams have caught up in the games. Now. But some big games coming up for the Angels. I think uh, at Dulwich this week, aren't they? And Dulwich, yeah, a bit of a rivalry between the two clubs going through the leagues over the last couple of years. So that's a big game. And then they've got Wilstone at weather permitting next Tuesday. So, um, yeah, big, big things going for Tommy. I'm still pretty confident they get out of it. Just got to make sure they some games because they don't want to be playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday by the end of it which they'll walk from it or even mid, a couple of games in midweek if the pitches don't improve but I'm pretty confident they will they will have enough points in the bag and hopefully they can play in games as well because you don't want young Tom coming in and missing a load of games within his month if um, the, the, uh, the games get postponed because they've got a lot of home games coming up in March haven't they we said, as we said before yeah, we meant, I mean, we mentioned that league table there. Welling, uh, who were right down that they were in the relegation zone, but they've had a good run under Bradley Quinton. They're on 39 points and seven points clear of the drop zone, in 13th place in the table. 
But then from Braintree in 21st up to Concord Rangers in 14th, there's only three points difference. Uh, teams will play a different number of games. Braintree have played the most with 32, as of Chippenham, uh, Dulwich and St Albans. And then you've got Angels played 29. Billericay have played 28, and they're just outside. They're level, just one point ahead of Summer Jones in 19th place in the table. And no one would have expected that at all. Uh, at this stage of the season. So the bottom of that division uh, is actually becoming more interesting than the top because at the top now, um, Dartford have got a three-point cushion on Hampton Richmond for the playoffs. There's another three points back to Chelmsford, another point back to Mainstone, who are now 10th uh, in that league. And it's and it's almost like the, the top seven and eight are, are just starting to move away just a little bit. Uh, big, big test for Dartford this weekend, though, as they play Wildstone, uh, the league leaders, but the league leaders, Wildstone, were beaten 1-0 by Chelmsford City on Tuesday night. So I'd imagine, Matt, when you go to Prince's Park on Saturday, you may well see a wounded animal uh, in the away dressing room. Yeah, you look at that record. I think it's been their second home defeat of the season. Chelmsford have got their own sort of issues. And we mentioned earlier that um, uh, we mentioned about Gary Hill, who was linked with the Chelmsford job. We met it in the Conference National thing. Apparently, he was paying 30000 or we paid 30000 of his own wages to play some of the Epsweet players, but he hasn't taken the Chelmsford job. I think the big loser this week has been Maidstone, John. Three defeats in a week. They're seven points off the playoffs. They've got a game in hand. I said, from a Dartford point of view, you're probably thinking, right, carry on as we are. We've got to play Maidstone shortly. A defeat from Dartford against Maidstone probably ends up, because I would say maybe that top seven is going to be the top seven now, because it's such a tight division as you mentioned there. I think the top seven who are in those playoffs might not be in the same order at the end of it are going to be the sides in there and Mason are going to be out of it and as we met Nick came uh, mentioned on his, on, in his email he sent last week I think that's a bit of a disappointment for Mason but maybe Mason are looking at the long term when you look at it if you go on their website they're very much bigging up their under 23 sides so maybe they're bringing through players through looking to go into the National League next season National League South so maybe there's a longer plan than getting promoted straight away yeah, I do wonder about Hampton, Richmond, Borough, though, who've beaten both uh, Dartford and Maidstone uh, in recent weeks. Uh, so they might have a part to pay to play uh, between now and the end of the season uh, in that division, uh, the National League South, which is, uh, 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 as every division actually is, to be fair, that we cover here on the Kenning Foster, a fascinating uh, division that you just can't sort of help but look at. And, and, and I think it's really, really interesting to see uh, how it's going to pull out uh, over the, over the, the course of the season. Uh, this Saturday, as we already said, it's Dartford against Wheelstone, a game that Matt will be at. It's Dulwich Hamlet against Tunbridge Angels, as we've already said. Uh, Welling are at home to Haven and Waterlooville, and Maidstone make the trip down uh, to face Weymouth. And then on Tuesday, uh, the league leaders, Wheelstone, are planning to be in Kent again, but their game with Tunbridge Angels uh, at Longmead uh, will surely be uh, subject to a pitch inspection. As I understand, the weather's coming in again uh, over the weekend, so uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one and obviously uh, try and put something out on social media uh, about that game uh, as and when things happen. But uh, yeah, some, some, some big games there at, at both ends of the table for, for our Kent sides. Yeah, mate, well, look at that game, Maidstone against Weymouth. I think that Maidstone... I've got to get three points there. They cannot afford to lose that. Three three defeats in a week against, you know, Chippenham, disappointing Bath, also against Hampton. The way they lost to Hampton in the last minute is a little bit concerning. So we mentioned Ebsley's game against Maiden last night was must win. For me, Mason have got to go to Weymouth, who are notoriously good at home, and somehow pick up three points. 
Yeah, into the Isthmian League uh, Premier Division, where a little bit of the hard work that folks in Victor put in uh, by beating Worthing the weekend before last has, has been a little bit undone uh, after a 1-0 home defeat to Wingate and Finchley, struggling Wingate and Finchley as well. So the gap is now six points uh, at the top of the table to Worthing again after Worthing drew at the weekend. And uh, it, that, that's a disappointing result for folks in Victor after such a great result the, the, the week before. Yeah, I think there's two home defeats on the spin, which is a little bit concerning for them as well, because, you know, they did all, you mentioned, all the hard work. Maybe they thought against Wingate they'd, they'd turn up and win, but nothing to give me at that sort of level. So they've got to look to go again and try and get some, some wins back on the board. At least Worthing didn't get, it was on Worthing midweek, but I think they only drew it, you mentioned earlier on Saturday. So there's still plenty more time to go, but... Need to get a bit more consistency this time of season in Victor. Yeah, they do. Uh, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, uh, Margate drew 1-1 uh, in their game against Carshalton Athletic. But Cray Wanderers kept on the push at the top of the table. The 1-0 win at East Thurrock United. Reese Mara Williamson uh, with the goal there for, for Cray. And, and they just keep on going, don't they, Matt? Yeah, fantastic result again. Cray maybe coming up from the inside. They keep on winning. Good to see Joe Taylor didn't get his... I looked at the score, I thought it was Joe Taylor who was going to get his 30th goal of the season. He didn't do it, but Cray again, back, you know, the, the heartache of a couple of seasons ago, winning the league this season, and the momentum they've got, really, really good for them. They've got a very good chance to get in the playoffs now. Maybe the informed side in the division, you probably say, could they could they catch the Tigers at the top if they show, if they have a bit of a wobble? It'd be interesting to see, but looking good for the playoffs at least. Absolutely. Uh, in Also midweek, there was some cup action. Uh, we did talk a lot about the Kent Senior Cup last week. Uh, so we can tell you that we now know three of the four semi-finals. Joining Phoenix Sports uh, are Whitstable, 1-0 winners over Ramsgate, and Dartford, who beat Folks and Victor uh, last night to make it through. The, sem the remaining quarter-final uh, between Dover and Gillingham will be played on the 10th of March. So put that one in your diaries uh, for you. Uh, and also... <laughs> Also on Tuesday night, uh, it was the Velocity Trophy quarterfinals. Uh, and you know my love for this competition, uh, Matt. Um, and it saddened me when I saw a Margate fan describing it as probably their biggest game of the season. Uh, and it probably saddened him as well that they lost that game uh, at Horsham by one goal to nil and had uh, defender Ben Swift sent off allegedly um, for being punched, um, according to reports that I've read there. So, uh, Margate, it, it, you said on the radio show Monday night, a lot of things Steve McKim touches seem to turn to gold. It, it seems to be the exact opposite for Margate at the moment. Yeah, I just can't put, I know that the investment, they had the big investment and they spent big and basically, you, look, you fast forward the time, they're exactly in the same position they actually are now, weren't they? They didn't do anything with the ground, which is always a concern from that. Jay Saunders has come in. Work entirely, change the squad around. But for Margate, has the has the boat sailed on that? The guy who um, made the Margate fan who I work with here, he has heard that somebody's trying to invest in the club, but hasn't. It's been sort of been rebuffed about that. So yeah, if some buts for Margate fans, I think the biggest concern is that when you look at the gates as well, because you know in their heyday, Margate, and even when they played Maidstone, I think. Wasn't that, sort of top of the table clash a couple of years ago they got 2,000 I know Maystone would have bought a few but Margate used to average you know a good seven, eight, a hundred. but you're looking 250 for a game now and that must be really concerning for the, for the club of where the supporters have gone because if they do do well they can get the crowds back but there definitely sees a bit of a malaise around the club at the moment 
Absolutely. This weekend, uh, both Folkestone and Margate are away on Saturday. Folkestone uh, go to Chessant and Margate go to face their former manager, Nicky Ball uh, and Leatherhead. And then on Sunday, uh, Cray Wanderers are at home to Merstham. Uh, into the Isthmian League South East Division then, and there was an eye-catching result on Saturday as uh, Ashford United equalled the record uh, for or Guernsey's record home defeat with a 6-0 win over on the Channel Islands. And if that's not an excuse to speak to manager Tommy Warrello, then nothing will be. So here is Tommy Warrello, and I started by mentioning about equaling that record. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm glad we didn't beat it. I didn't, didn't know it was a joint record. Uh, yeah, we was, um, anyone knows going to Guernsey's a really difficult place. Um, I've got a lot of, I like the people over there and the manager. I've got a lot of time for them, but um, we've never gone there and... Um, come away with a result like that before. I've been there three times now. And, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a very good result because I think it's one of those things where teams can slip up. Yeah, they're a good side, aren't they? They beat you earlier in the season and, yeah. and, and they don't concede a lot of goals. No. Uh, I mean, I speak to a few managers and, you know, whenever a team loses, you know, you come off and say, oh, we were rubbish, we were, we were no good. And, you know, sometimes you've got to come off and, you know, what they were better than us. They played well. And when they come to us... They had a game plan. We couldn't break it down. Um, and, and their game plan worked. They got a 3-0 win at our place. So to go there on the back of that, being 6-0, really, um, shows we must have learnt something from it. But, um, you know, there's a lot of difference between playing home and away now. I mean, teams come to us and sit back and let us have the ball and are very, very patient. And it took us a while to sort of get ahead around that. We've, we've got to be more patient ourselves as well. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be quite some title race between you and Hastings at the moment. Well, I think there's um, half a dozen teams that, are, that aren't a million miles away. Um, you've only got to lose two or three games, and and the, you know the gap the gap shuts even more. I mean, Cray Valley are sitting nicely. Herne Bay, have, you know, are, are in there. What not real white leaf out. It's still very much open. But you're in you're in great form, and, and that win you had at Hastings a couple of weeks ago that that must have been giving you a real sort of boost going into the business end of the season. Yeah, we, I mean we've um, listen, you know, John, in football you're going to get good weeks, bad weeks, good spells, bad spells. Um, we went to Hastings and we were outstanding at Hastings. I know I would say myself, but then the following week we we're at home to Haywards Heath, who were sort of seventeenth, and like I said earlier, a very frustrating game, and we couldn't break them down and got you know got a one all. So uh, it, I know it is an old cliche, but honestly, this league you come off. A, I mean, we come off that having Whitehall could drawn with Ramsgate, I think it was. So um, whether you're playing top, middle, or bottom at the moment, we are in a good run of form. Um, we've just got to make sure that you know if we don't win games, in a minimum we do is draw because we're not. We either win or lose. Um, we've only drawn two games this season, so uh, and when you look at the table, sometimes you are better off. Um, not drawing seven or eight games and getting a few more wins on your belts and perhaps a couple of losses. It doesn't hurt as much as drawing too many games. Obviously, you, you've seen it all before. How does your experience help, help the players get through this sort of uh, battle at the top of the table? Uh, um, to be honest, since the start of the season, um, it's not a, a lethargic look at things, but people get a bit carried away. I mean, it's the points you've got to look at, not where you are on the table. As long as there's not massive points, you could be 15th. Um, but if you know a few wins can catapult you into the playoffs, there's no need to panic. But I've been saying to Don and Derek, the chairman, you know, let's get Christmas out of the way in January and look at January, especially the end of January, and have a look where we are. Because uh, no point being top. It's nice to be top, but you know, the important thing is that you do hit form 
coming into the final third of the season. And thankfully, at the end of January, we were sitting nicely. Um, obviously, we've gone top now. Um, I know Hastings got the game in hand. But I just think the key is not to panic, you know, whether you lose a game. I mean, when we lose a game at Ashford, I said to the boys, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens when you join a club like this. You're expected to win every game. And when teams beat us, they turn around and say they didn't expect nothing anyway. So you don't really get the the, um, the plaudits that the players deserve. But um, that's what happens when you play for a team like Hastings. But with us, the most important thing for me, I've learned, is obviously not to panic. Um, we are sitting in a really nice position. Um, and, you know, we have the most important thing is that destiny is in our own hands. So uh, I think that's the only thing that I've brought to the table regarding my experience is not to keep bringing loads of players in when I bring a player in, it's really uh, it's for cover. It's not to change anything or try and reinvent the wheel. It's just to get cover for someone um, if if they get a knock. And that's what we've done with our latest signings. So I'm hoping that bears fruit come into the season. I was going to say, you've just brought in George Purcell, a player that, that you obviously know well and is well known in, in Kent non-league circles. What's he going to bring to you for the rest of the season? Uh, uh, listen, George, on his day, he's, he's, um, I mean, he, played, he started his first game for us on Saturday and... Um, He's a real handful. He's better in the air than people give him credit for. He's strong. His movement, his runs are you know, uh, formidable. And we've got the players that can see their runs. So he's going to bring, obviously, a wealth of experience. But we're hoping he's going to bring um, that bit of, that little bit extra quality up top. But, you know, we've relied on Dave Smith all season. Jay May, we brought Adrian Stone in to sort of counter. That's what I was saying earlier about the signings. We've Adrian Stone in to counteract Jay May when he's struggling a little bit. And we've brought George in to sort of take a little bit of pressure off of Dave Smith. But we played with Dave and George in the end on Saturday. And the pair of them were a real handful, which was uh, even more of a bonus. But he's just going to, that's the little final piece of the jigsaw we was missing, was it bringing another forward in to bring someone like George in. Um, I've not took that for granted. That's a, that's a fantastic signing for the football club. And you move on now and you've got the same team twice in the space of four days. Uh, Chichester, who obviously they've still got playoff ambition. So it's going to be a tough double header for you. Yeah, it's mad um, to play on Saturday, then play them on Tuesday. Um, that'll be weather permitting because they do obviously get quite a few games called off, which is why they are where they are. But a team, again, another team that people haven't really looked at. And if they win them games in hand, they're straight in the, in the playoffs, plus knocking on the door to, to try and put automatic promotion. But yeah, I'll be speaking to Watty about them because I know they had them Saturday. We know their system, but... Um, like I said, we're treating them like everyone else, whether it's top, middle or bottom. We're giving them the respect that they deserve, but we'll be concentrating on, on how we can break them down and how we can be more resolute about the ball as well. Is, is it helpful to play the same team twice as quickly? Because you'll know all about them by Tuesday. Do you know what? <laughs> it, it's such a mad league. You wouldn't be surprised if you won 1-4-0, lost 1-4-0. <laughs> you know, I don't know, because a lot of things come into it. Like it's very, you, know, you could get a few knocks. It could be a different side on the... I mean, obviously, we've got the travel aspect with some of the boys that you know do struggle with their work because we've had this, this is, I think, the third time we've had this fixture. So it's things like, I think people forget where the boys come in and take time off and then, it's, then they have to reschedule it. The game's got called off. That's why I'm hoping if it is off, I'm praying common sense comes into it where we can have an early inspection rather than a lunchtime one because a lot of these boys have already um, left work to make their way to, to Chichester. So... Uh, but with us, we've not got a massive squad, but we have doubled up in areas. So if we do get knocks and niggles, we've um, we've got that cover that I spoke about earlier. So um, we're in we're in good shape going into it. Very focused, he sounded there, Matt uh, Tommy Warrillow. I, I think he's not getting carried away, but he's he's, he's confident. Yeah, I've got his 
away from home. Guernsey, uh, always think the Guernsey, the trip is a difficult one for the away side, eh? Because you've got to travel and be, be. Some of it you might think it's a bit of a pain or that you might have a bit of a jolly up because you're going over etc. like that. But clearly, Guernsey, they've gone there, done an absolute brilliant job there, getting the result they needed, 6-0. I think Tommy will be disappointed they didn't actually break the uh, record from there. But he's mentioned that he's brought George Purcell in. I liked how the way he's doesn't bring players in maybe to replace players but just to add to the squad when you get a little bit of injuries at Jay May George Purcell coming in Dave Smith who's having a good season yeah just tinkers it a little bit he brought Sam Hazering recently as well just tinkering with it a little bit and going in the direction fantastic result now when you look at um, mentioned about Margate being a little bit down in the dumps Ashford since Tommy's gone in there he's a very good manager at this level seems to be Things like the Gates are up and they've got this academy coming as well. So, good time to be at Ashford United fan and shows Tommy Rollo. He, he had disappointing time. Was it, was it Thames Mead? Was it Thames Mead? Yeah. yeah. When he left um, Tunbridge. Maybe that was the wrong choice, but yeah, Ashford, a club he knows really well, he's doing a fantastic job. And again, looking good for them. You know, When was the last time they were in the Ryman Premier? It's a good long time ago, Ashford, but... For them, they are looking very good for promotion, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I'll bang on about the potential that Margate have got uh, until the cows come home. But Ashford have got so much more potential, really, because they're in the middle of the county and there's more and more houses coming up. Ashford, Ashford is, is a town a little bit on the rise, really, as well. It's got the outlet centre that I know you're a fan of. Um, and, and, you know, lots of new houses coming up all around Ashford. And if you get a successful football team, people will come and watch. They've got a... A, a nice stadium out there and you can see why why they've risen like they have and uh, you can only hope that it will continue for them. Yeah, uh, I think Ashford, you're right, it's a bit of a place. Up. Football ground is a bit of a nightmare to get to. It's not too far from the outlet, is it? When you look at it that way, it's about on the outskirts of town. But, but again, Tommy Wilder can attract players like George Bissell, who's played predominantly, apart from his quick spell at Epsley and Dover. In, in Essex and he's managed to attract him from what he could probably do and highly respected um, Tommy Warlow so and, and he's one of the nice guys as well so I'm absolutely delighted for him yeah you'll be able to hear more from him on our radio show uh, on Monday night which is in between their two games with Chichester which is uh, the second week running we've been talking about a team playing the same team twice in a week uh, after we discussed last week Seven Oaks and Hayward Teeth uh, this week is Ashwood and Chichester so um, I wonder how difficult that that really is. He, he kind of glossed over it a little bit, but it must be quite a an interesting situation. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing when you mentioned earlier. Bromley and Dover playing each other in quick turnaround in the National League. To be honest, I'm not a real fan of that. I think you need a little bit of spacing from playing these sides because the majority, as you said, then even when you see it from there, you could win four 0 one week. They bring a couple of players back in and got injuries or don't or unavailable. You could lose four 0 the next. So, but they've got to go there, Chichester. Of course, we all know from what the great FA Cup run they had, I was decent side in this league, and they probably think they could if they got to win their games in hand, they can be at the right end of the table. So, big test for, for, for Ashford there. What would you probably say? Winning a defeat or two draws, we presume, obviously, you probably take a win and a draw. But if they get four points out of that, I think it'd be a good, good return for Tommy's voice. We did say he doesn't like drawing, just as, uh, just as we discussed last week. But funnily enough, after saying that they don't draw, Phoenix Sports drew on Saturday, two-two uh, at Faversham, and I think it was a late comeback from them as well to to get that point. Um, also, Tommy Wallow mentioned there that he'll be talking to Steve Watt after his Hyde team placed Chichester recently, and it was on Saturday they finished Chichester two, Hyde Town one. Cray Valley scored an early goal to beat Burgess Hill one-nil. Um, Hastings United 
did keep the pressure up on Ashford with a 4-0 win over Sittingbourne. Hayley Teeth beat Sevenoaks uh, 1-0. Herm Bay beat Three Bridges by two goals to one. It was VCD 1, Whitstable 0. And Ramsgate were leading after nine minutes at Whiteleaf, but ended up losing that game by three goals to two. A note, former one-time Margate Loney Corey Andrews uh, on the score sheet for Whiteleaf there. He's obviously... Uh, has found his level uh, this weekend uh, as we already heard yes he was um, and he came he came yeah. on loan as part of the deal um, from to sign Ladapo uh, and uh, yeah he let's just say he's probably found his level um, <laughs> this weekend as we already heard it's Ashford against Chichester uh, it's East Grinstead Town against Herne Bay Hyde Town versus Hastings United Phoenix Sports are at home to Whiteleaf. It's Ramsgate against Faversham. They've only just played as well, haven't they? Uh, Seven Oaks host VCD Athletic. It's Sittingbourne against Haywood Heath. Three Bridges against Cray Valley. And Whitstable Town are at home to Guernsey. And then on Tuesday night, there are also fixtures uh, as we enter March. As we've already heard, Ch Chichester against Ashford United. Seven Oaks Town will try again to go to East Grinton. Half seven kickoff there. And Sittingbourne will try again to go to Haywood Heath. Uh, so we will see what goes on with those games. Uh, well, when I add something into next week's podcast, which has probably been recorded on Tuesday, but that's a bit of admin uh, for later on in the show. We've got quite a long way through the show now, and we're finally going to talk about the biggest game in the county this weekend, the FA Vars quarterfinal, when Corinthian take on Leighton Town of the Spartan South Midland League for a place in the semi-finals of the FA Vars. Of course, before that game, we've spoken to uh, Corinthian manager Michael Golding. My first question was, Michael, are you ready? I think so. I think we'll certainly be ready after training on Thursday. Um, I went up to watch Leighton away at Wembley on Tuesday night. Um, they had a, a convincing 3-0 win. Um, so they've extended their really good unbeaten run. I think they've lost once in three months, not too dissimilar to us. Um, but yeah, I, th I think the boys are excited. I think the boys are ready. We're in good form ourselves, like I say. So I think it'll be a good game. They're, they're similar sort of style to us and probably a sheppy to a certain degree so i'm, ex I'm expecting a, a tough game but i certainly feel like we're ready for it i, I was going to say I, I think they've won 14 in 16 so anyone who's looked at their league table and thought oh that's a good tie that they're wrong aren't they yeah i think that when the the draw first came out i think there was a bit of excitement not not from within the club but i think externally that they looked at Leighton and saw that they were mid-table i think they were 13th at the time of the draw um but you look at the league table and they've got six games in hands on teams above them so i think if they win those games and they're in great form and probably will go on to win those games i think they got something like second or third so we're under no illusions that they're in very much a false act uh, false um position at the moment so it, it will be very very tough and i think probably what they've done as well is they've looked at the draw and they probably fancy their chances coming to a Corinthian if I'm being brutally honest um, they've avoided all the big northern teams they've avoided Plymouth who are a joint favourite so I think both sides are probably happy with the draw but we are very much aware that they're in a false league position um, so it will be very very tough and um, I was looking as well on, on their Twitter and they got to this stage two years ago do you think that might make a difference as well? I think they'll certainly draw on the experience um, of that. I was actually looking online this morning. I haven't found it yet, but I was trying to see how many of the players actually played two years ago and whether they were the same kind of uh, late inside that got to the, the Vars quarterfinals. So I will continue my research there because, again, like those players will be able to draw on that experience and they lost narrowly 1-0. Um, I've actually got it up in front of me now. They've probably got two or three players um, that played in that. So they'll have that experience and they'll want to try and avoid that. Um, 
but again sometimes experience isn't always the greatest thing and, and our boys will certainly be giving it absolutely everything to, to try and secure that semi-final place yeah but enough about them we've talked about them for a couple of minutes now let's talk <laughs> about Corinthian because it, it's all about you you're at home um, and you must and you are in brilliant form you're top of the league now you've got to be absolutely over the moon yeah, well, we're actually down to second, sorry to correct you. Beckenham oh. played and won last night. So, and they, they won well, didn't they, actually? Yeah, they won away a deal, which is always a tough place to go, and particularly on a Tuesday night. And by all accounts, Beckenham had a bit of a bad journey getting down there. Um, but then went and scored within two or three minutes. So I'll be, I'll be having a chat with Kingy because he did promise me that he'd do us a few favours last night. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in great form. So we've, we are in second. We've got that game in hand on Beckenham. So if we can win that, um, it puts us in good stead. But I think by the time we play our next league game, we could be down in third or fourth place if the teams around us continue to win. Um, we don't play in the league until next Tuesday. Everyone will play this Saturday. So we'll, we'll be down a couple of games. But like you say, we are in great form. We're, the boys have really started to click. And we had, a, we had a slow start. And I think everyone was aware of that slow start. Um, but other than the year of town game where we lost in the league cup and we made a few changes we still should have won um with the team that we had out and all like eras deserved to win on the night um but we haven't lost in the league since the end of october when we lost to afc croydon so so we're doing really really well at the moment and there's just so much confidence in the squad and uh, and the boys are really looking forward to every game and they want to be playing all the time um and when i look at the fixtures coming up particularly in march we're going to be having a lot of saturday tuesdays i just hope this weather holds off and the forecast isn't great for the weekend um, confidence is a, is a massive thing isn't it and when you, you you're manager of a team that's winning games like you are you you must all just be absolutely buzzing yeah, it is that it's easy when you're winning. Um, it, it takes care of itself. The players they're in they're in good habits at the moment. They're doing the right things, and and it just seems to be happening for us. Um, it's, it's when you're losing and when things aren't going your way. That's that's when you earn your crust. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot fault the boys. I cannot fault Sam, John, Jake, Megan, my management team. Like everyone's been phenomenal, and everyone's putting in so many hours at the moment. Um, and hopefully the players are appreciating that. And obviously we appreciate the efforts that the players put in um, but yeah we, there is just a good feeling about the club at the moment the club's in a really good place um, there was a lot of discussion pre-season from outside the club whether we were lucky last year and whether we could go and do it again and I think after 23 league games I think we have proved that it wasn't just a one-hit wonder um, and we are a team that is there for at the moment to be competing at the top of the table. Expecting a, a big crowd on Saturday, I'd, I'd imagine they're going to bring a few down as well. And it'd be nice to see more people from from the, the local area. It's, it, I was saying to a few people after the last one, it's tough for you because there's no houses around you. So to, to get lots of people to come and watch you must be hard. Yeah, we're very secluded. Um, our, our fan base is predominantly parents, um, of partners of the players, and then a few a few people that have been associated with the club for a number of years. So transport links aren't great. We're a couple of miles away from a train station. There's no buses that run past the club. So so trying to attract people to come and watch um, is difficult. We've actually, it probably makes nothing to anyone else, but we've got a couple of kids that have started walking down from the local village to watch us. Um, and they've set up a Corinthian fan page on Twitter and whatever else. And, and it just made it like people are now starting to take notice. And, and we've put flyers up in the local town and hopefully we can attract a few more people. Um, and like you say, Leighton will be well supported. They've, we've watched the videos on YouTube. And like I say, I've been to watch them a couple of times and, and they have got a good, they've got a young, enthusiastic, quite a loud support so I think it'll be a really good atmosphere um, and, and hopefully I mean we've got 250 in the last round hopefully we can go close to doubling that I think that will be our best ever attendance so it'll be another record that we've broken but yeah we, we know that we're not well supported but the small band of supporters or parents that we do have we, we, we enjoy everything with them. 
I saw how much it meant to everybody to get through to the quarterfinals. What, what would it mean to get through to the semi-finals on Saturday? Yeah, I think it'd be incredible. I mean, I've tried not to think about it too much. Obviously, the closer you get and the more radio interviews and phone calls you get and people want to speak to you from non-league paper and it's, it's really exciting for me personally obviously as football is my hobbies uh, and it's nothing other than that um, and it's just really good you're almost living in the limelight so for the players more so than anything and like I say all the cup competitions are the, for the players and for the club and, and the players are the, the ones that potentially in, in three games time could be walking out at Wembley um, but we've got we've got jobs to do before then in both the cup and the league um, but yeah it, it's just it is really exciting and then you just think like if you can just go that one more step over a two-legged semi-final then then hopefully with a little bit of luck of the draw and everyone's going to be good at this stage and the next stage um, um, it would just it would just mean everything to myself and the club I hope now you're famous you'll still remember us mate on the podcast oh absolutely <laughs> it's such an exciting time Matt and but Leighton Town are a team banging form I think as I, I think you heard me say there, they've won 14 out of their last 16 games. They've only lost one of those. So it's two sides that are absolutely banging form. It's going to be a thriller, that one. Yeah, again, my knowledge there. When we saw the draw, we were like cock a hoop about who they got, didn't we? We saw them in the mid-table. But when he said in that interview there, you know, certain sides would look at it and say the mid-table. They do have games in hand from that point of view. Great to see once again that he's watching games he really does his homework on that I expect them to win um, even though I didn't know like pedigree of the competition they got to the semi-final which you mentioned uh, in the interview so yeah but I think the home tie is absolutely crucial for them hopefully they can get more people through the gates but I just think they're a side that are equipped to beat sides who know level he knows the standards of football so he was going to replay them with respect, but I think they've got a very good chance. And I expect them, when we speak, whatever it is, Monday, Tuesday, next week, to be in the next round of the competition. Yeah, I wanted to make that point, really, about the fact that it is in the middle of nowhere. Because, you know, the, the foundings of Corinthian were probably... Uh, well, the club was founded by, obviously, the Billings family as, as a way of, you know, get, getting into just having a bit of, bit of a kickabout, really, I suppose, at the start. And... and I don't think that they could have seen the, the progress that they've made. And the ground is in the middle of nowhere. And as Michael said there, a couple of miles from the train station, um, no buses go past. I don't know if, you know, down the line, if they want to make a sort of success, should they look into maybe running mini buses to the train station or something just to get people up, up to the ground? But, you know, when you've got no houses around you, it's very, very hard to attract a crowd. And when you've come from nothing, as Corinthian have done, that, that that's the real difficulty for them. Yeah. It's, well, no, you have to tell me where it actually was. So I wouldn't actually know. I know it's the north of the county, Corinthian, where it is. But, yeah, we know they don't pay the players. So there is sort of old-school mentality within that. And, and I like the, the supporters are the people who come and watch them. So it's probably a good club to, to learn your trade. And they would not let, they'd let players move up the standard if they wanted to, to do that. So I, I think they're going in a direction. And if they did get to Wembley, I don't know how many people would they take but that, that's not really the point it's just a, what a great job it is and when you look back how the club has been formed and where they are now and how they're well they're run what a very good football manager they have no stone unturned of what they can achieve I think it's a, a very very good time so I, I think um, yeah I really hope they can win because I think it could even cast this for them to go and do the double as well so you worry about if they lose or oh, would it derail them if they 
came so close, close last year. So fingers crossed they can do it. Absolutely, we will have everything crossed for them on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a, a really big game, and I'm, I'm quite disappointed that I'm not going to be able to be there, uh, to be honest. But uh, I've got other commitments on Saturday, uh, so but uh, we will definitely be keeping an eye on that game. And, and uh, as I actually said to Michael at the end of the uh, at the end of the interview when when I wasn't recording, hopefully this time next week we'll be having a, a conversation about the last four. And I really, really do mean that. Both myself and Matt have, have just got said our huge. Good luck wishes to Corinthian uh, ahead of that game uh, and fingers crossed they can do it. I've seen them play. I'm sure they've got enough about them uh, to cause anyone problems. But uh, late in town, they can't afford to take them lightly. And I know Michael will be telling his team uh, not to do that. As we heard in that interview, uh, Corinthian did briefly go top of the table uh, on Saturday as they won 4-1 at home to K-Sports, uh, while Sheppard United beat Beckenham 4-1 as well. Uh, however, Beckenham played on Tuesday night. 2-0 winners down at Deal. To go back to the top of the table, uh, Sheffield United also played on Tuesday and won 4-3 against Canterbury City. Dean Grant among the scorers for the Ites after joining them this week. And as I've just said on, on a Facebook group, I've, I've been looking at the Sheffield side thinking, cool, they could use some more goals. Uh, Dan Bradshaw's got five goals this week. I don't know why they're going out and signing more strikers, but proved to be crucial as Grant's goal effectively was the winner against Canterbury uh, in that 4-3 win on, on Tuesday night, Matt. Yeah, Dean Grant, uh... He has been man of house. He's a control when he started. Yeah, he's one of these strikers. You know the name and you know he goes around and scores. We mentioned Bradshaw, absolute machine at that level. But Sheppy, very, very tight in that division. There's a great article on the Scaffold website done by Dean as well, where it links down who can get promoted from this division. Have a read of that. And an interesting point here, he says on there, John, two possible promotion places off with the champions guaranteed step for football and the runners up going forward to a playoff match against the basement boys of division above. So, you would have thought that would be a bit against East Grinstead, who can hardly buy a win all season, or even poor old Ramsgate. So, yeah, I think even the side that becomes wins the league, fair play to them, the side that comes second would have an excellent opportunity to join them as well. So, exciting times there, but that is a, that is a really exciting championship because if Tunbridge Wells win their games in hand, they would go top of the table. And who would have said that a year ago when we were speaking to the Tunbridge Wells coming in? But, what a job the manager's done there. Yeah, exactly. Elsewhere on Tuesday night, there was one other game uh, which finished, uh, again involved team chasing for the title. Uh, it finished Irith and Belvedere 1, Chatham Town 8, uh, a hat-trick for Jack Evans, uh, 4 for Ryan Palmer, and, and we might as well mention him even though he only got 1, but Matt Bodkin uh, scored the other goal. All names there that you've seen scored. Tumbridge Wells' game against Glebe on, uh, on Tuesday night was called off. Uh, there hasn't been a game played at the Colverden since the 7th of January. So we've talked a lot about the pitch problems that there's been at, at Tunbridge, but also down the road at Tunbridge Wells, uh, they will also be concerned about that, Matt. And, and you know, you say if they win their games in hand, yeah, they'll be top of the league, but they are going to be facing quite the fixture pile-up in the weeks to come. No, they have problems with their pitch as well, which is a little bit concerning. It must be that the Tunbridge area... I suppose if somebody said, you look at it, we've probably had rain every day for a good three to four months here. So that's always a concern. And it just, I, I'm surprised, though, we mentioned this before a couple of weeks ago, we've had a lot of rain before, but games haven't been cooled off. Maybe just accumulation of pitches that can't get worked on. And some people say that, you know, you have to get your ground up. Not necessarily just do the pitch up, do you, in certain things. So maybe the, maybe the leagues or the FA should look into it and maybe give some sort of grant certain sides in the levels of football to help with the playing surface as well. Not everybody can afford a three 
pitch, but a little bit of extra support from the FA for the people with the grass pitches probably wouldn't go amiss. Absolutely. Uh, the other results on Saturday in the scaffold were Chatham nil, Wellington nil. Uh, Beersted were beaten 4-1 at Fisher. It was Glebe 1, Lordswood 1, Tunbridge Wells won 3-1 at Hollands and Blair, and Deal Town won 2-1 at Punjab United. Uh, the fixtures this weekend uh, in the Scaffold Premier Division obviously dominated uh, by the FA Vars quarter-final on Saturday, but there is a full league programme. Uh, Sheffield United go to AFC Croydon. It's Canterbury against Hollands and Blair, Chatham against Tunbridge Wells, uh, Crover against Irith Town. It's Deal Town against Glebe. K-Sports host Fisher. Lordswood take on Beersted and Wellington meet Punjab United. Uh, that just leaves us to quickly run through another division where the promotion picture is also uh, ridiculous. And again, Dean has done a good job on talking about who can go up from that division as well. Four promotion places, don't forget, from the Scaffold Division 1. Uh, on Saturday, SC Thames were 4-0 winners at Brydon Ropes. It was FC Elmstead 2, Homestale 1. Greenways beat Forest Hill Park by three goals to two. It was Kennington 2, Croydon 0. Lewisham Borough 5, Meridian VP 0. And Lidtown 3, Sutton Athletic 3. And Sutton Athletic are an interesting case, Matt, because... At the start of the season, when they went on their great FA Cup run, I thought they would surely go on and, and win promotion, but it obviously has just sort of tailed away for them. Yeah, the interesting, I spoke to my Lid correspondent, the lady who goes here, and she said two very even sides, she thought, against Lid. She, she said when they come up against the, the better side, she can know it straight away, but if they thought them, it was an even game. Uh, from that point of view, from, from Lid's point of view, yeah, we th we had them on the show. They did well, didn't they, in the cup? But hasn't really curtailed there. But that is an exciting running as well from that top four. You'd have thought Kennington. At least if they played the games in hand, would they be enough to do it? You would have thought so. But some other sides really looking into it. So again, I think a lot of our leagues look across all the board. James, uh, James, who's Sorry, James? At James there. James, James in the office. He's just walked back in the office. So we've got to cut that again. Yeah, all the leagues in the um, from all levels. It's a bit of excitement going on. There's no things done and dusted. So yeah, exciting times ahead for Ken football, and particularly in the scaffold turn for these sides uh, getting into the main scaffold. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on uh, Saturday in the first division, it's Brighton against uh, Holmesdale, Croydon against Kennington, FC Armstead against SC Thamesmead, Lidtown host Forest Hill Parks, Rochester United against Lewisham Borough, Rustall against Kempfop United, Snodden Town against Greenways and Stansfield against Meridian VP. And uh, it wasn't because I didn't look honestly, but there's also some games on Tuesday night in the uh, Premier Division. Beersley against Punjab United. Beckenham against AFC Croydon, Canterbury against Wellington, Corinthian against Irith and Belvedere and Tunbridge Wells against Irith Town. Well, that's uh, pretty much it for this week's uh, Kent Only podcast. Well, you should say it's pretty much it because we're, we're well into, uh, well past an hour now uh, broadcast for you. Uh, on Saturday, as we already said, Matt is at Dartford against Wealdstone uh, in uh, in the National League South. And we'll, there will be updates in the BBC Radio Kent Sports Hub uh, from the game at Corinthian as well, as well as all the other games uh, involving Kent clubs uh, around around the county and beyond. Uh on Monday night on the radio show, Tommy Warlow has come into the studio to talk about Ashford United's new academy and also Ashford United. Last Monday, just gone, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff, but mainly fencing. And Matt was very disturbing. If you haven't seen that tweet, uh, you should really, really find that one out. Um, but yes, it's, uh, it's it's been a, a good week, a busy week. Um, and uh, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to this week's show. As always, you can find us on Twitter at KentNL Podcast on uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, we are at Kent Non-League. Uh, so do search for us on there as well. Uh, and like and share it, our, our posts because it really, really does mean a lot to us. And thank you, everybody who's listened so far. And thank you for listening uh, this week. And we will look forward to speaking to you next week. I'm never eating jack potatoes, tuna, mayonnaise again.